Welcome to this week's episode of Cartridge Cinema Club, a podcast where two people who are bad at video games critique bad video game movies. I am your host, Mark Champlin, joined as always by Alex Wallace. What's up, girls and gays? I like that you said, as always, as as if this has been a recurring feature for some time now. We're just we're just getting right back into the saddle like it's no big deal. Like, I mean, if you want to, if you want to try to... Welcome to the 100th episode of Cartridge Cinema Club, Mark. If, is, I'm, is this, I'm is so this excited. This, is this just going to be the show where you try to kill my bits on the vine before <laughs> they've uh, had, a, had a chance to germinate? I, I think that, that was the whole that. idea, yeah. I suppose. That's kind of the nature of, like, how this goes. That's sort of the nature of our friendship yeah. in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, so today, we will be discussing... Lara Croft Tomb Raider. I like that you like, always get that uh, that Lara in there. It's so deliberate. Of, of her name. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's 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 not hard when you're like a smart guy like me, and you and you um, are very <laughs> cultured, and you understand. Uh, you know, just generally, you know, lots of different uh, European uh, texts and the way all to... kinds of different accents, such as the ones featured in this film. Oh, oh my god, let's, let's, I mean... Anyway, tell, tell me a little bit about uh, 2001's Lara Croft Tomb Raider. So, so this is a film that, that you, uh, it seems as if, based on our brief conversations before we recorded the podcast, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, it seems like Mark is a little bit higher on this film uh, than I am. So why don't you, why don't you give me a rundown of, uh, of this film? What's it about? Who, what, 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 are, the, what are the main pieces? Who, what's, what's been set into motion? Uh, so Angelina Jolie, uh, plays, um, did I say that name right? I felt wrong. Angelina Jolie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's her name. So so Angelina Jolie plays, um, just a, a beautiful, beautiful motorcycle riding lesbian in a leather jacket. (laughs) I, sorry, keep going. I have a lot to contest about that, but sure. Go ahead. This is the way, this is, this was representation in 2001, man. This was all, this is all we had. I mean, clearly she's not gay, but like the, the head cannons were probably wild back then. I don't, I mean, I don't know, man. Not, not for me because I was like a, this is a movie designed by and for the male gaze. There's not really, (laughs) we'll get get to that. What's this, what's this movie about? However, (laughs) yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, it's, it's a Tomb Raider uh, adaptation. This was, you know, the height of, Tomb Raider popularity in terms of uh, video games, you know, late 90s, early uh, 2000s, PlayStation 1. Um, you know, it was it was a whole big thing, you know, to just the, and they decided that they could make a movie instead of uh, having her be, you know, pixelated boobies. There could be, there could be real life and, boobies. Yeah. And, 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 and she, boy, and boy she were looks, they. She looks like a video game character in this film in a way that, like, is, like, kind of disturbing to me. Like, there. Especially in, like, the first, I feel like, the first third of the movie, there's a lot of shots of her, like, flipping her pistols around and, like, mm-hmm. walking like a video game character. She has these very, like, stiff movements that she makes when she's doing all of her action bullshit. It's She she does. It's, and it's quite odd and, like, unsettling <laughs> in a way. <laughs> the, the action scenes, like, uh, I can either see the gameplay that would be designed around them or yeah. i can see at least like at the very least like the god of war quick time events uh th- uh going on in the video game based on this movie yeah it really does feel like 
you know, it feels this like is like game. the most, yeah, this is the most on the nose fucking thing in the world, but it really does. I, <laughs> I appreciate that though. There's a big note in my notes. I'm like, this, this movie feels like a video game. Yeah, it does. It and, does uh, very much feel like an adaptation of that. There, there's a little bit of a, of a disconnect because at the same time, this movie was different from street fighter uh, last week in that this movie had like a budget and it was like a real yes. like movie. They wanted this that's movie the to thing be gangbusters. That's so funny about the, like, I, I think, I'm going to be drawing a lot of parallels between this week's film and last week's film. One of the things I think, that I think, I think is, you should. and one of the things that I think is really funny is that 2009's Street Fighter: The Legend of Chun Li and 2001's Tomb Raider: The Legend of Lara Croft, <laughs> they look like they're from the same era. They look, mm-hmm. they look like they could have been released a week apart from each other. Now, are you saying that to uh, Tomb Raider's credit or to uh, Chun Li's detriment? That's I'm, the question. I'm going to say that that is to Chun Li's detriment. I think when we watched okay. Street Fighter: Colon, The Legend of Chun Li last week, you know, we're not, you know, at a certain point, anything that came out more than like five or six years ago is just old in your head, you know. Yeah. So something from 2009, you don't really register like how bad those effects probably looked even in 2009. Yes. Because they well, look well, like this movie from 2001 that we watched today. I was, well, so touching on it, here's a question. This is the last thing I'll say about, uh, about Chun-Li, um, uh, because I, I really liked this movie. And sure. it, I, did, it I did not, if, if that was unclear. I, I don't think that, like, <laughs> I don't think that this movie is like, this movie being Lara Croft colon Tomb Raider, uh, I don't think that it's, uh, like, heinously bad. I think it's just kind of like, eh, there's some good banter in it. Like, some of the dialogue, some of the, like, the script is not awful. Um, it's not. I don't think it is. And I think of, it's much better than Chun-Li. Definitely. Definitely that. Like, Chun-Li, it, Street Fighter Legend Chun-Li has all of these moments where there are supposed to be, like, quips and, like, little fucking, like... You know, somebody throw it, you know, Nash is going to throw out a one-liner, and none of them land. They're all just the most, like, first draft shit, like, zero fucking effort. This movie mm-hmm. also has a lot of first draft shit in it, uh, but some of the jokes actually do. Like, there were parts of this movie where I wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far as to say that this movie made me laugh. That's maybe a stretch, but there were parts where I was like, oh, that was a well-constructed line. Oh, they they told a joke there successfully. Good on them. Um, I, was, I was laughing a majority of the time, but it wasn't like a this is funny laugh. It was a what the fuck laugh. Yeah. Like, well, you tried to... I, I laughed... Okay, go ahead. <laughs> you tried to contend to me that this is an unironically good film. And I yeah, would, I'm, I would like I'm to here contest. To defend myself. I would like to contest that, but you were. I would love to hear your defense of that of that claim because I'll like, I'll buy it as an ironically good film because like the last third of it is hilarious and entertaining. But go ahead. I'm not trying to say that. I'm not trying to say this movie should win any Oscars or even any like teen choice awards. <laughs> I'm not saying this is a good movie, but what I was going to say is like, there's a couple things I really like about this movie. I like that. It's so not, and maybe this isn't, maybe this, maybe this isn't objective. I mean, obviously it's not objective, but nothing is objective. I like 
that this movie is so of its time. Like, if yes. you showed me Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li, didn't tell me what year it was made, and, like, you maybe watch it, it on, like, 2001. A, yeah, on, like, a 4 by 3 like, TV, yeah. and I, the full resolution was not available, I would have said for sure that movie came out, like, b- barely after 2001. I would have said pre-2005. This movie, it's like, oh, this movie came out in the year 2000. <laughs> Like, there's no fucking way this movie didn't come out in the year 2000. Like, the the the, the grime soundtrack <laughs> and just the... It's, yeah. either grime, it's either grime or, like, drum and bass. Like, just very, like, video game-y. It's like, extremely <laughs> video game. There, okay, well, so we need... This, this will take us into a portion <laughs> of the film that I want to discuss, which is the opening sequence of this film, which... <sighs> So did you see it coming? Oh, spoiler warning. We're going to spoil a, a, a very, very nice uh, little twist in the beginning. Uh, did the you see it coming? The fact that there's a fucking robot in this movie. <laughs> the fact that there is a CG. The first note, the first note that I have written in my notes is I was not expecting a robot in this movie. So um, just a full disclaimer, um, this was the third time in my life I had seen this movie. <laughs> I saw this movie when it came out as a kid. And uh, the uh, the monkey statues scared the shit out of me. Sure, yeah. There's and there's a lot of good CG monsters in this movie. I watched it. I watched it again a couple years ago and thought, wow, that movie was fucking rad. And I remember it well, actually. That's the thing. This movie's very memorable. I guarantee you're not gonna remember shit about Chun Li uh, two years from now, but you will remember the moment like, that the ro- the giant CG <laughs> robot. I will say, and like this kind yeah. of ties into the whole this movie looks like a video game thing. Uh, for me, there is like a, there is like a very specific appeal to me to like late '90s, early 2000s CG, where it kind of has this like it's too, it's too clean. It doesn't look like it's really there. It has this like this it's, looks, it, it looks like it was rendered in Unity five seconds ago quality to it. Dude, dude, it's the Star Wars prequels. Yeah, it's the Star Wars prequels. Yeah, it's. It's the George Lucas effect, and it, I totally agree that it's very unique. And uh, there was a because uh, you're just not going to make something that looks like that anymore. And like, the, no, it, it is it is kind of gross and weird looking. But there are parts of this movie where I, where like the the early bad CG gives it this like weird mm-hmm. otherworldly quality <laughs> that it, it I kind of really character. like. Yeah, it has there's, a character a to character. it. I have a note here that just says early 2000s goo question yes, mark. Yes. Anything, you know what I mean. Anything any, anything that is like C or like liquid chrome of some kind in yes. early CG, I love it. I want more of that. This shit this shit was all over uh the first X-Men movie. Yeah. It was in um it's it's in the Star Wars prequels, I'm sure. Yeah. It's it's like the the it makes me think of the chrome tint on like the Naboo uh cruisers totally. in, yeah in uh, yeah stuff like that uh, so uh, yeah this movie's very of its time and i really appreciate that about it and i think that uh, i don't i don't know it's it's the type of thing where like you look at video games from the first uh 3d generation sure and you think man these look like shit but like they kind of look like otherworldly and surreal yeah they're in a, in a little in a weird way like i uh, like like majora's mask or some shit like that like nothing looks like that anymore and no. when i played the remaster i was like 
I, I, this is fine, but like, I want to like look at this weird spider thing and not know if that's a face or not. And now I know for sure that's a face. Sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, there's a. I wouldn't say that this movie uh, compares to Majora's Mask <laughs> in terms of you know evoking. I, uh, I wouldn't either. <laughs> uh, you know, a, a feel and an aesthetic, but I, I definitely like get what you mean. Uh, mm -hmm. That said, as much as I've been sitting here talking about how I like uh, that visual aspect of this movie, uh, I think a lot of... I get that it's the Tomb Raider, and that you're mostly going through old fucking buildings and bricks and shit. I just noticed we haven't described the plot of this film at all, but oh, it's, okay. it's kind of not yeah. important. But I just want to like make this real quick point of like, man, this movie is brown and gray and not much else, man. And it really, really gets to you after a while. Like, there is not very yes. much color at all, and it's a little... It, that's why... It gets, yeah, that, you get tired of it. That's the, why the final scene is so striking. The, the, I do think so, yeah. The final few minutes, because uh, in the final few minutes, I'll, I'll, I'll describe the plot. Yeah, uh, let's... Yeah, so second, we're now but, four, 15 minutes into the podcast, and yeah. Mark is now going to describe the plot of the film. So, so in, in the final few minutes, and I'll tell you how we get there, is we're <laughs> in a giant ancient... Uh, underground uh sculpture of the solar system and also there's some distinct like red bloody it, moments in that i and think there's... like you're even underselling it because it's like that and this is another thing that like you know in a film made today they wouldn't have constructed this big stupid fucking thing because they have this no, like practical effects yeah totally practical like they have this giant fucking clockwork like solar system model that they have like a whole action and i said in our like mm -hmm. you know messages before this that i really do think the last like third of this movie carries it and i think there are like it's genuinely really good. good moments in that last section of the film um so, and they, yeah yeah they have this whole action scene on top of this big like spinning model of the planets and they blow it up mm -hmm. at, at the end for real and it's pretty awesome um uh, I, i'm glad so i feel like even though i like this movie more you're you're agreeing with the the main like things maybe you didn't like the the fucking the her driving up looking all 2000s yeah like the first flopping, the first flopping down in the, in the auction with her feet up on the chair and being like i'm richer than all you motherfuckers it's so <laughs> so cheesy and i really enjoy it but it's not necessarily yeah it's, so the plot the plot yeah. so what happens it why oh why does God. she need to raid tombs because i honestly like if you ask me to tell you right i watched this movie yesterday mm -hmm. i'm generally a person that doesn't remember things super well it's, generally i would be hard pressed to tell you <laughs> i will say that this plot i found it easier to follow than last week's movie yes um, but however, they're similar not by much no i i think i have the bonus of having seen it before and i know what to expect right so i could it's like when you watch the movie the first time you only take in the big moments and you'll find yourself thinking wait how did she get here or yes. why is she doing yes. this yeah i had the bonus of knowing okay this is the part where she's going to go to the monkey cave and this is the part where she's going to go to the snow and here's where she's going to drink tea with magical monks and yes uh, i remember i, I completely remember forgot about pieces. that so uh, i i had time to like think okay i'm going to really try to learn the plot and there is a plot um it's bad it's bad it's quite bad it's i get i was saying it's like similar to the street fighter the legend of chun li plot it is female protagonist has to fulfill mm -hmm. a pro prophecy of some kind set forward by her father because she's a female protagonist yeah. therefore she cannot 
you know, just be a female protagonist. She has oh, to have and, and a... the mother's dead, of course. The, the mother is never in the dead. picture. It's never, always. oh, I have to fulfill this promise for my mother. It's always, my dad trained me in martial arts. So it's that. Mm-hmm. And then so, she has to yeah. go to a place and get a MacGuffin <laughs> and yep. stop the baddies from doing something vaguely defined somewhere in Southeast Asia. And here's, here's the genius of it. Uh, it's a video game. And if this were a video game... No one would question this plot. Everyone would no. say, "Oh yeah, I get it. It's it's the it's a you, fucking Zelda." I, game. The the phrase "this is the genius of it" is something I would maybe question. But go on. Uh, okay, so the plot is L- Lara Croft is in her mid twenties and just the best shape of her life. <laughs> she <laughs> she likes to to she lives in a giant mansion in what I presume to be London because the person I was watching it with said that that was London. She's just uh, she's she used just to rich. Live there. And that, that makes and that does not endear her to me. No, we we learn later that she's rich because her father was in the Illuminati and yes. uh, was very rich. So basically, it's it's Lara versus the Illuminati, and they say Illuminati by name. I'm no, not like being repeatedly cheeky. throughout this film. They just say <laughs> the Illuminati. Yeah. So essentially, they're the Illuminati and Lara are on a race against time to capture these two pieces of this triangle called the triangle light which yes. is the all seeing they always the call the it the triangle bill. i love yeah. that about this movie it's not even like oh it's the you know <laughs> the the triangodahedron of age it's just like oh yeah the triangle of light <laughs> like the, the yeah and it's like so it's apparently this magical uh, magic is real they don't yeah um, feel there's the a lot of ma- no she just already uh, is the tomb raider by the way this isn't like God, I forgot. There's no. a moment like 15 minutes into this movie where she's talking to like Daniel Craig and Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig is in this movie, by the way. He's a prick. Um, and he's like, well, you're the Tomb Raider. Like they just blow their load on using the mm-hmm. title of the film in like yeah, the first 15 minutes. I was so disappointed by that. Anyway, I like, uh, <laughs> I, I like the part later on where the, the bad guy um, who is the leader, the, the one of the leaders of the Illuminati says, what's better than one Tomb Raider? Two Tomb Raiders. Because like Alex, uh, Alex is the Daniel Craig character and he plays another. I am going to refer to him as Daniel Tomb. Craig throughout so, the course of this podcast. I, I wanted to talk about, oh, to finish up the plot. Yeah, they. The, There's the not much to say, is there? Time. The triangle controls yeah, time. Yeah, it's, it's a MacGuffin race. She, and that's the, the film. She reason she wants to get it is she thinks she can bring her father back to yeah. life and then her father and is like reason... nah when she goes no. to king's crossing after she dies like in harry potter there's basically mm-hmm. a scene like that and her dad's like nah fam don't do that shit and then she saves it. daniel craig it's i don't know i'm tired of talking about the plot let's get into the let's let's get the, into the it cast yeah i want to talk about the cast sure. because I the cast is notable in this movie, sure. um, unlike unlike last week's movie. And Are you saying because... that the man that played Liu Kang in the Mortal Kombat movies and Michael Clark Duncan <laughs> is not a star-studded cast to you? Uh, Michael Clark Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan was is a, good in that is a one-man star-studded cast. Give me that RPG. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, um, okay. So the so yeah, the cast. So, it's so. So we have Angelina Jolie in a bad, very bad fake British accent. She's and terrible have, in this movie. We have I really her think... rival, her rival Tomb Raider, which is Daniel Craig in a very even worse fake American accent. Yeah, it's weird. It's so funny, and we've got John Voight as her IRL father and also her movie father. Um, 
I learned recently that in real life they're not friends anymore because he's very conservative. Cool. Uh, so go, 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 Lara. <laughs> so um, there, was yeah. some, there was something that I mentioned before we got on this call, which is that I think that a lot of this movie's power for me is like severely like dampened by the fact that I just don't think Angelina Jolie is attractive. Like, I mean, I guess like objectively mm -hmm. she must be attractive because people find her attractive. But like, to me, I... Of Go ahead. Close, the amount of close-ups on her lips. I mean, like, this movie was just, uh, like, her lips, like, deserve their own, like, end card She does slate. look like she was, like, modeled on a computer. She does, like, in this movie. Like, she doesn't really look like... Like, if anybody in, in like, this film is a lizard person, it's definitely Angelina Jolie. Like, she... Yep. And this is kind of tying into, like, the fact that, like, one of the things that I think is very weak about this movie is, like, and one of the things that makes it a bad movie is that Laura Croft is just such a complete cipher. Like, she doesn't have any actual personality whatsoever. She doesn't really have any, like, motivation besides, like, save the world. Like, it, there's kind of this vague, like, save the world, I guess, tone to this whole movie where, like, there are stakes, uh, sort of, but nobody really seems that concerned about it. The um, Illuminati never make clear what their plans to The use Illuminati appear in the film are. for, like, five minutes at the end with no introduction whatsoever. Um, and it just, like, generally, like, you know, Lara Croft has a butler and he has no personality except he has a shotgun at one point. She has this guy who I guess is just, like, employed to just be a scientist at her house all the time uh he's he's the archetype he's the 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 skinny he's the skinny uh, mission control boy and he's like yeah in in another movie where everybody isn't british he would be the charming british character like there was this weird mm -hmm. compulsion in, I, in my head that i had to think of that guy as the british guy even though everybody in the movie is british but there's something about his like just so stock like British nerd guy comic relief shtick that he just was the British guy in my he's head. Just, he's just he's like a fucking Ron Weasley type through and through. He's yeah. very like but like bloody hell. They say and... bugger in this movie so much, and it just oh my God. like there was a. I had this feeling throughout this entire film of like I just don't believe any of these people are British, and like the I don't actors, believe British people wrote this movie. The, like, there's no way. No, and like the actors, some of them might be British. I don't know. Angelina Jolie certainly not, and she's definitely not convincing as a British person. No, and like it's not even like an no. accent. I mean, it is an accent thing, but it's just like I just I look at this person and I look at the, their performance and I just don't. believe believe your britishness i don't think mm -hmm. it happened uh, i believe daniel craig's britishness despite yes, his despite the fact efforts. that his, his effort <laughs> <laughs> it's he 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 was very believable as a british actor trying to play an american yeah that was that was very good all right so i, I feel like we've feel like we've kind of gone through the the basics here do you want to talk about the gender politics of this Tomb Raider movie? Because I feel like there's a lot to say. <laughs> we can either go gender politics into action set pieces or the yes. other way around. Let's sure. maybe let's finish on action set pieces. Sure. Just to I also positive. and I also want to talk about. Uh, I feel like the gender politics is going to be a, a whole discussion because it kind of like Tomb Raider. As if you're not defines, aware, it defines yeah. Tomb Raider as a. And this is something that we should kind of you know. If for some reason you are listening to this podcast and you're not aware of what the Tomb Raider franchise is, 
it's, you know, sort of this series of action-adventure platformer games that were basically based around the idea of we made the protagonist a lady with big tits, and you can look at the big tits. And that was pretty much it. Um, and it, it was a marketing... She was... Lara Croft was literally just a marketing tool. Yeah. To, to and sell, they put guns in her hand because she needed to do something in the video game. Yeah. It, she, she is like, you know fucking two beach balls nailed to a tree man like that's you know as much as Lara Croft ever was for a very very long time and you could argue still is um and so the, I think the gender politics is going to be a whole kind of discussion here there's something I do want to touch on in terms of people of color in this movie yes um, we should definitely do that because it's astonishing how much the non-white characters in this movie are just props like they're just yes. there to advance the plot none of them have any personality barely any comically of them... so yeah comically so they're there to advance the plot yeah like barely any of them have any lines like they're not there's no developed like non-white character i mean there's barely any developed characters in the movie but there's especially right. no like there's no named characters of color like you know she's traveling mm -hmm. around in the Orient, I guess. They're never really particular about, like, where any of this is happening, but... They say it once, and I don't remember it was. I think it might be Cambodia. I think I it might I, I also wrong. think it is Cambodia. The last place is Siberia. Yeah. Um, I know because they're speaking Russian. Sure. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the there are not one, but two instances of a a small brown child being psychic and helping her yes. on her quest yeah. for for no reason and it's never explained in the, the first one was where she needed an entrance to the cave and, yeah, and she just... just follows a little brown girl <laughs> and the brown girl like points to the cave and is basically like bye bye and like yep. might as well disappear into the wind yep and then the second time she's about to go into the other cave in Siberia and a little brown kid is like your dad doesn't think you should do this. And she's like, what? And she's like, what? I didn't say anything. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. I guess, you know, non-white people are psychic and they have magical uh, healing. Yeah. Key. But they're not allowed to <laughs> break the barrier that allows them to have a personality. Of course not. No. And, and, and it, there's another time where, where she is drinking the aforementioned uh, magical uh, healing yeah, potion. Yeah, it's just like, tea. oh, suddenly she's... In, like, it literally is. Like, this scene cuts. She is just in this temple that we haven't seen before. And yep. she's with all of these monks. And again, like, they're just window dressing. They're not characters. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the guy gives her the tea. And after she drinks it, her, her cut just heals immediately. Yeah. And he says something, Some he says some shit like, your father would be proud. And he, she's like, you knew my father? And he just like smiles like a monk smiles. Yeah. And that's, that's, and that's his character. And that's it. Yeah. And we never see him again. Um, <laughs> no. Or before, before or after that scene. Um, so there's that aspect of it. And, you know, like on the podcast... Full disclosure, Mark and I are both white people, um, and so when we talk about race issues on the podcast, like, it, it is going to be difficult for us to, like, really dig into this stuff because we just don't have the knowledge base, but I do want to at least be able to, like, address this stuff a little bit. I don't, I don't feel like we really have, like, the experience to really dig into, like, the way this movie, like, deals with its Asian characters um, explicitly, but broad strokes, we can kind of address that. What we can talk about... <laughs> is um is the is the gender politics which i think is you know kind of pretty central to the Lara Croft 
myth. Um, so yeah, that shit's fair play by now. Yeah, I don't care who you are for like, sure. That ne- that shit needs to be like talked about. Yeah. So this movie, uh, <laughs> so they're up is so upfront with you about what it's about because the first five minutes of this movie are it starts with Lara Croft doing a Tomb Raider thing. She is interrupted by a ridiculous CG robot. There is an absurd fight scene with the CG robot. It turns out the whole thing was a training session with her scientist friend. And then there is an extended naked bath sequence with her. Um, And that is all within the first five to eight minutes of the film. Like, it really... Like, you get your fucking full side boob in this movie, like, before you've even, like, gotten halfway through the bucket of popcorn. Like, they are really, like, hey, Mm -hmm. this is what we're gonna be about. And, like, kind of, in a way, fucking fair play to them, because what are you gonna do? At the end of the day, like, you've been handed the Tomb Raider license, a, a property that is built on this, like, deep history of just, like objectification of women and you're not gonna make the booby movie you have to at that point people Mm -hmm. are going to riot in the street (laughs) it's like this is actually something i'm gonna i'm gonna tie this into current video game news uh so they so they're making a dead or alive six uh and dead or alive is is a fighting game series that is is known for being very horny uh and having jiggle physics and having big right. scantily clad ladies with the boobies hanging out and, and and a spin-off series where the female characters all dress in bikinis and play beach volleyball yes. um and so that's a thing and they're making a new one of these and they're toning down the jiggle physics somewhat from what i understand and it is this situation where like well the people that like dead or alive and who have been playing dead or alive for decades now the have come to expect it to be the weird booby game. And if you are now at the helm of the new Dead or Alive, you either put out another weird booby game and continue to be a punchline like you have always been to people who, you know, kind of find that repulsive, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, or you turn it down and the people who have come to expect their weird booby game are very upset with you now and those people are pretty fucking vicious um yeah you've you as a you as a company have painted yourself into a corner yes and you've those are your two options you either keep making the booby game that will never gain mainstream appeal because it's too fucking horny and weird yeah and i want to be clear like i'm not a (laughs) you know this is something that i feel like gets thrown out it's like you can make whatever you want if you want to make a weird booby game that's fine um Mm -hmm. but you know Repeated sexual objectification of an entire 50% of the population uh, kind of fucks people up in the head. Um, And it will get you a certain kind of fan base. Yes. And it will, and you, it'll be entirely your fault that that's your fan base. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So there is something I want to address (laughs) with this film, and that is the fact it is 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 what I, I i call a a a turn of fair play in this film's favor where i was forced this was like a begrudging handshake that i was forced to give the film because about 45 minutes in daniel craig gets his weird yep. bath sequence and it is just as if not more revealing 
than the one. It's equally as sexual. It is equally I, as sexual. He I like love it. we see we we might as well see his dick. Like mm-hmm. you don't, but you might as well. Yeah, and I, I was his kind upper of thighs and his butt. Yeah, and I was kind of forced to be like, all right, fair enough. Maybe your movie isn't weird and horny just for women. Maybe your movie is just weird and horny. Yep. I not that I there's anything it, wrong with being horny. It's just I what I <laughs> I mean when it comes to God when it comes to the fact that this was made in such a different time period. Yeah. And such a different political landscape and such different ideas about you know uh consent and women's you know bodies and rape culture i the best that i could say for this movie is it could have been fucking worse you know what, you I know mean? what? you're not it could wrong. Have been worse. like yeah as much as like as much as like i want to be able to like just dunk on this movie for like having shitty views on women and it it does as much as this movie has a view on anything uh, which, mm-hmm. I, which, I which is not much. Which is not much. Yeah. I wouldn't say that it does. And that's like... <laughs> I feel like a lot of the time on this podcast, we're going to be putting a little bit more thought into some of these things than the people that made it probably did. Absolutely. Um, but outside of just generally the fact that they... There, there's a lot of shots of her thighs and guns strapped to her thighs. Um, there's a lot of gun fetishization in this movie that is weird. Um, and then there's the bathtub scene. Like, it's it's not objectionable for the most part. Like, I, I you know, and no. I'm I I am somebody who kind of like thinks of myself as you know a no fun allowed feminist at a lot of the time. And like, even you I consider yourself pretty sensitive to these things. Yeah, like, I, I I generally tend to give a shit about the way that a movie is like portraying like. <laughs> gender and sexuality and like you know this film is like obviously it's it's heteronormative and you know like boilerplate you know stupid like straight romance bullshit like every hollywood movie is i don't know that it's like egregiously so i don't know if it stands out for those things um I wouldn't call it progressive for its time of course not no certainly not i i would say it's definitely I'd say it's in lockstep with its time as far as uh, action movies go. Yeah. And I, I guess that's to its credit because it, because I, mean, I think you're, when, it could have been look, worse. Yeah, when you look at other movies like, like blood rain, shit like that is like way like worse and yeah. from, from this era. And in terms of just like literally being like, like gore porn with a woman in tights, mm-hmm. like, this this is not gore porn with the woman in tights. She gets she they give her a fucking sword and yeah she, she just it's she, mostly she her doesn't really lose statues. Like there's no oh. point in the film where she I don't think there's ever a moment where Lara Croft like loses a fight or like suffers any kind of serious setback. Like she really is nope. just like a complete like you know just like she is literally just like a video game protagonist like she doesn't really have any actual agency in the story she just kind of like goes wherever people tell her to go and then she like fires two pistols 500 times in four minutes the guns have no weight in this film that's something that i wanted to mention while we're while we're on the subject of firearms and have you played the original tomb raider no they the guns in the movie feel the way that they feel in the in the game 
like it's just it's you just like clicking like repeatedly and there's not really any like recoil to speak of yeah there's not even it was before there was like left trigger right trigger shit where you at least like feel like you're doing some sort of like active uh involvement with your weapon sure it's really just you clicking on uh, like tigers and bears and shit <laughs> as fast as possible and then uh dying because you jumped kind of weird because the uh because the um the geometry was yeah, terrible i guess that's something that we haven't really addressed i know nothing about the lore of tomb raider um which I, again gonna come up a lot on this podcast because i'm a fake yeah. gamer girl you're pretty fa- well okay so next week oh shit next week we have a lot to talk about yes yeah we'll in get terms to, of video we'll, games we'll get to we'll that get yeah um the original Tomb Raider video games I played as a kid, um, I never got further than a couple levels into each one because they're bad, and I got frustrated with them. Even as a child who, like, couldn't even, like, read 100%. Like, I, I was playing this as, like, a six-year-old. And I, like, at that age, I had already, like, almost... I would played, like, A Link to the Past almost to completion. I played Pokemon almost to completion. This game was fucking, like unplayable to me and it was just the the fact i'd never really played a 3d game before and I, I, going back to it even it's like it the time has not been kind to it it's it's an unplayable mess of garbage <laughs> and it's literally just there to have triangle tits sure that's the reason that it was made so and it's so, so this it's film. so funny <laughs> it's so funny that this is such a beloved uh f- franchise and that it was beloved enough to get a movie yeah, that is actually pretty fucking crazy. Isn't that weird? Yeah, because, like, you know, now, like, even now, like, there is a popular and ongoing, uh, you know, Tomb Raider series. And even now, if they were, like, I guess they did make a Tomb Raider movie pretty recently, but, like... There there are three Tomb Raider movies. Yeah. And there hasn't... And... Yeah, I was leading up to this point where I was like, this would never happen now. Then I was like, no, they totally made a Tomb Raider movie, like, two years ago, didn't they? Fuck, we're gonna have to watch it... that. It came out in 2018, dude. Like it's recent, and uh, well, and so I people was like tits, say, man. Uh, they t- no, but here's the thing. Here's here's the thing about new. Have you played? Uh, have you played uh, Crystal Dynamics Tomb Raider? Those are from like 2013. No. So I've played Crystal Dynamics Tomb Raider, the the Tomb Raider, you know, the reboot. reboot. Yeah. Um, I've that that 2013. She doesn't game. have tits. I played that game to completion and I like just short of love that game. Yeah, I I, I've heard it's quite it's good. It's a fantastic fucking game. It's basically uncharted, but it has better combat and like a less smart ass annoying protagonist. Sure. And it's and she is I don't want to say she's not sexualized because there was a whole big thing uh when they first released uh, the game. Well, it was during the promo circuit. Do you remember this, Alex? Yeah. When they, the, they, they like wanted you to like feel protective of her. Yeah, the, I mean, and, like that. Mo- that whole game is based around like, watch how much we can fuck up this girl. She gets watch her drop sh- into this fucking ravine. Yeah, she she falls like she falls onto spikes violently. Like you watch like her head get impaled and crazy shit. Like you, 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 the, it's basically like dumb ways to die, but like God. with a, a pretty girl in uh, running clothes. Sure. <laughs> but you know, I feel it's... like you've been circling the drain on a point for like 10 minutes now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, what I was going to say is like, they, 
I, I, this was, this movie is kind of in between where like people knew that Tomb Raider was a big thing, but they didn't know how to like, they didn't know how to advance it past the point of being just like, like beach ball titties stapled onto a character. So this movie, they, they like almost approach her being a real character. I would and disagree they, with they, that, but sure. They they, 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 they tried they try to have She her says lines <laughs> I guess. Yeah. They try to have her be a real character and they also try to have her be like an object. And it doesn't really work no. either way. She's not well characterized. Uh, this was this started as me asking you how much this movie has to do with the plot of Tomb Raider. Oh the I don't know the plot of Tomb Raider. I know the <laughs> plot of twenty I know the plot of twenty thirteen Tomb Raider. <laughs> But it's completely different. In 2013 Tomb Raider, it's her and all her friends uh, get shipwrecked on an, an unknown island, and she has to learn how to become the Tomb Raider in order to save her friends. Sure. And so there's like a clear, and also uncover the secrets of the magical ancient island. But so like right there, right then, you immediately think to yourself, oh yeah, okay, that's a plot. Like yeah. th- there's there's a reason I... for her to be doing these things. Sure. Okay. Um. <laughs> this movie doesn't even have this movie she does the things that she does in this movie because her father sends her a letter and from beyond the grave that she needs to follow these clues yeah and these are all things and i had this in a note in my phone these are all things that john voight could have fucking done himself <laughs> there's no reason why he couldn't have just done this when he was an adult and like before he died she these are not because it's her time specific shit, probably. things like the time specific thing is the fact that when Lara during the the time period of this movie is the solar eclipse of the planetary alignment that that's the time when the triangle needs to be united and it's like a small window but like he could have done all the prep work sure you know what i mean he sure. did none of it instead he's like Lara i hid this clock in a staircase <laughs> for you Lara you have to do what i say Lara Okay, I think I think we're getting into nitpicking the plot holes of the film. So I think we should wrap this up unless you have thank another. Thank you for stopping me. No, yeah, no, thank you yeah. For that's, me. I, if you'll if longtime listeners uh, might know that one of our key principles on Cartridge Cinema Club is to not excessively duck on the film. No, I'm not here to be fucking Mr. Plinkett. I'm yeah. not, there's already a Mr. Plinkett. I got him. I I, I don't want to. I don't want to be him. He's he's fine the way he is. All right, Mark. What are we watching next week? Uh, I liked the part in the climax where All right. there's <laughs> where there's just some weird two thousand ones looking light. Are you talking effects. about where the dog jumps through the thing and then turns into a skeleton dog? Yeah, and their explanation is she basically looks at the fucking camera and says. It's it's a time storm. Time is broken here. Yes. <laughs> you should and watch is... this film and skip the first hour because the last third is What are we watching next week, Mark? It's so Doctor Who and I love it. What are we watch what Oh fuck. We're watching the Mario Bros movie we next sure week. So are. buckle up, kiddos. This is this is 1991's Super Mario 199 I got to look it up. It's the Mario Brothers movie you think of when I say the Mario Brothers The Mario Brothers. Brothers. This is ni- May 28, 1993. It is May 28, 1993's Super Mario Brothers. It is classified by this Google search as a doomsday film slash fantasy, and it's over an hour and a half, 
which means that we're going to take some time on that one. Uh, oh, man. And I've never seen that one. I actually have never seen it. I was drunk in a room once while it was on. I don't think that means that I've seen it, though. Are we going to be, like, the first two people to have seen this both consensually and sober? You're making some strong assumptions under what conditions I watch the films for the podcast, but sure. Oh, uh, that's... That's, you know, that's totally fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We, we no don't... wonder you can't follow the plot. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What do we say, Mark? <laughs> Um, man, man, have I still not came up with an, with an outro. With an outro, with the way that, that this... It, that was one of my action items. Yeah, see, on, I... on the first, on the first episode, we, we riffed on the fact that we didn't have an outro prepared, and then, you know, kind of, like, did, did a meta commentary around the outro as it happened. Uh, I don't think you could do that joke twice, so I... It's just not gonna work. So, I'm gonna say... See you, uh, losers. Which is the catch- Gamers rise up. No. <laughs> I'm, and cut. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>